0: Welcome to my video, the debt bomb and the fuse is burning. If you ask me what is currently the most important economic variable for the further development of the global economy and the world's financial markets, I will answer the interest rate. Looking at the current interest rate landscape, I think central banks have tightened their policy and raised rates too much. And suppose interest rates remain as high as they are at the moment. In that case, there's a real risk of an economic collapse, combined with a price drop in asset markets such as stocks, land and houses. Please let me explain this assessment in more detail. Over the past decade, central banks have repeatedly lowered interest rates, vastly expanding the supply of credit and money. The inflationary effect of this policy was mainly in the form of high asset price inflation, combined with rising debt burdens in the national economies. The International Institute of Finance estimates that by the end of 2022, the global debt burden was US$305 trillion, or about 335% of global economic output. While this was below the previous record level of 360% at the end of 2021, the long-term trend of the debt ratio continues to point upward. Given these figures, it is fair to speak of a global debt bomb. And the fuse of this debt bomb has now been lit. Since spring 2022, central banks in many countries have raised interest rates relatively sharply in a rather short period of time. The key interest rates in the U.S. was still close to zero in March 2022. At the beginning of September 2023, it stood at 5.5%. In July 2022, the key interest rates in the euro area were zero. By September 2023, it had already reached 4.5%. And rightfully so, one is inclined to say. After all, central banks' interest rate hikes were a reaction to the very high inflation that began to rear its ugly head towards the end of 2020. However, central banks are not knights in shining armor. They have caused the high inflation. The very high inflation is not, as often claimed, the result of the war between Russia and Ukraine or the sharp rise in commodity prices. The very high inflation is the direct result of the dramatic monetary expansion caused by central banks since the beginning of 2020. For example, the US central bank had expanded the M2 money supply by up to 40% and the ECB had increased the M3 money supply by up to 25%. As the supply of goods and services could not keep up, With this increase, the result was an enormous monetary overhang, which has been reduced by an extremely sharp increase in goods prices. Meanwhile, rapid interest rate hikes have led to a collapse in money supply growth. In addition, the growth of bank loans has also ceased. Together, this leads to a slowdown of the economy and causes liquidity in financial markets to dry up. It is also setting off a wave of bankruptcies that is initially small but will probably take on enormous proportions. Why? The high debt levels in the economies grew in the wake of extremely low interest rates. The amount of debt was allowed to grow and the ensuing credit costs remained low. But that is over now. If a portion of, say, 20% of the outstanding debt comes due each year, debtors, to the extent that they are unwilling or unable to repay their debt, must take out new loans, which carry a significantly higher interest rate. Gradually, from year to year, the debtor's interest burden increases. It may not hurt the borrowers much in the first year, but the pain grows yearly, and if interest rates remain permanently elevated, it is likely that eventually more and more debtors will have to admit that they can no longer service their debt. The probability is therefore quite high that central banks' policy tightening will lead to many bankruptcies, which will hit consumers and producers hard. A recession combined with mass unemployment is to be feared if interest rates remain at current levels for another one, two, or three years, or rise even further. But isn't a recession necessary to bring inflation, which is still unbearably high in many economies, to its knees? If the economy shrinks and demand drops, won't that stop the unwanted surge in goods prices? Although this may sound plausible, the answer is no, because inflation is not a business cycle phenomenon. Inflation, understood as an ongoing increase of goods prices across the board, is a monetary phenomenon. It is caused and driven by the growth of the money supply, for which central banks are ultimately responsible. And as already mentioned, the money supply in many economies is now shrinking, not only in the US and and Europe, but also throughout the OECD. If the contraction of the money supply continues, Not only must we expect goods price inflation to decline, but inflation rates could likely turn negative in 2024. This is called goods price deflation, that is, falling goods prices. In principle, a fall in goods prices would not be a problem if it were not for the debt. Coupled with a recession and falling incomes, goods price deflation would become precarious for indebted consumers and producers as their real debt burden would increase. If such a scenario unfolds, we can expect calls for central banks to cut interest rates again and return to monetizing debt securities. As has been the case in the past, it will very likely also be in the future. In times of crisis, expanding the money supply seems to be the policy of the least evil for almost everyone. High inflation is therefore very likely to return, orbit after a pause, probably with a time lag of several quarters. Given such a scenario, what can the investor do with the fuse of the global debt bomb is lit? Here are some basic recommendations. Number one, to be safe, buy one-year US Treasury bills, which currently yield 5.4% per year. Towards the end of this year, 10-year U.S. government bonds are also likely to be offered at attractive prices. If market interest rates fall, investors can expect capital gains in addition to the interest coupon. Number two, keep your long positions in the U.S. equity market. There may still be a price correction, but it will most likely be temporary, as central banks will change course, cut interest rates again and pump liquidity back into financial markets. And this is what I expect. You might want to favor companies that are known for steady dividend payments. Number three, you should minimize cash holdings in euro, Japanese yen, British pounds and others. Your precautionary cash holdings, that is the funds that are not immediately needed for payments, should be held in US dollars, Swiss franc and in gold and silver, which I think will pay off at least in the long run. Number four. Investors from the Eurozone and Japan should reduce their dependence on their national currencies. The price corrections in these asset markets are not yet sufficient to provide attractive entry levels. Thank you very much for your attention. If you enjoyed the video, please like, share, ring the bell and follow my channel.